Navigating your career has never been more nuanced than it is in today's workforce. For employees and entrepreneurs alike, there are often unexpected challenges and opportunities that can set you up for failure or success. We're talking to experts eager to help you make better decisions for your career or business on the Executive Placement Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce, and this is the Executive Placement Podcast. And today I'm joined by Angela Cox. Angela, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Tony. It's a pleasure to be here with you. You're making the workplace a better place to work uh, through kindness, right? That's the goal. Absolutely. Yeah, I was excited to learn about this new program. Um, you know, as I was obviously checking out the website, um, you have different tenants, but it seems that kindness was at the core of it. And now you've developed really its own category, right? It's on the website. It's on everything. Just on kindness alone. We have always been drawn to that as a basis of what we want the world to be, a kinder place. We, um, My business partner and I used to talk a lot about random acts of kindness and how can we be more deliberate instead yeah. of just random. Um, and so we have now taken that into a new program that we're launching called Three Kindnesses um, because one wasn't enough. <laughs> so so explain the, the three kindnesses, please. So the tenets of three kindnesses, um, it's based on uh, safety, empathy, and diversity. So we are trying to help workplaces, um, especially teams, um, maybe teams in crisis, teams having conflict, um, trying to help people uh, find safety, specifically psychological safety, which is a mouthful, but we can talk about that. <laughs> um, creating safety, cultivating empathy, and then honoring diversity because um, everyone is wired differently. Everyone brings something different, new, different expertise, different wiring, um, different lived experiences. And when we honor that, the world's a better place. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Now, you are the managing partner at Third Line Consulting. That is correct. Now, this is a part of that program or a part of what you offer through Third Line? Correct. So um, Third Line Consulting is the, the our, our um, consulting base. And then this is sort of a flagship program that we've just recently launched. So a lot of our focus is going toward the three kindnesses. It's, again, based in... Um, all the leadership development, employee engagement work that we um, always do and have always done since we founded Third in Line. Um, but now we just wanted to really focus on how do we, even as we're emerging from this this pandemic world, right, how do we begin to um, help people if they don't want to go back to normal? What, what does normal really mean? And how can we help, again, um, just infiltrate kindness into everything that we uh, are doing as we begin to rebuild things um, and move back into the workplace. Maybe some people still want to work from home. Maybe people are going back to the office, but there are ways that we can, again, honor how people um, work best and help them find where they thrive and hopefully rebuild things even better instead of just going back to normal. I love that. Now, how did you get started in all this? Where, you know, tell me about uh, the <laughs> career path to get to this point. Sure, uh, it's been it's been a wild ride. Um, I um, went to graduate school with the intention of becoming a college professor. Um, <laughs> no way. Yeah, I was a I was a college English professor for several years, um, and then I moved into um, the business of learning. So I moved into corporate learning, became a learning and development consultant. Eventually became um, a leadership development facilitator, which is where I met my business partner. Um, and we uh, had some very similar values around the ideas of safety, keeping people safe in the workplace, not just physically safe, but again, that psychological safety. So helping people feel that they are valued and seen and appreciated um, for what they bring. And so as we talked more around the ideas of safety and kindness and those things began to emerge, we had delightful conversations around introversion and extroversion especially. So that was a place where we um, started 
deliberate kindness, which is now three kindnesses. We started with the idea that um, what is kind to one person may not feel like kindness to another. So again, that idea of not just the golden rule, which is great, treating others the way we want to be treated, but the platinum rule, as we call it, is treating um, others the way that they want to be treated. Absolutely. But that requires something of us, doesn't it? That requires that we stop and engage and see people and see what's meaningful to them. So if you are an introvert, maybe being quiet for 30 minutes is what you need in a certain moment. But if you're an extrovert and you're a dopamine seeker, right, you're going to want to be engaging with people. Absolutely. And so on the really basic levels of just how we engage with each other, we thought, we need to bring kindness to this, and we need to bring a way of seeing people that that isn't isn't. Um, it's certainly not common in the corporate world yet, but we're getting there for sure. I mean, it's been very, very dry, very cold. You know, <laughs> there's always a separation of here church and state, but the, sure, it's almost like love too, right? This, sure. And 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 as I'm hearing that, you know, the, the kindness and what speaks to to one doesn't speak to the other necessarily is. You've heard of love languages and, Absolutely. and that's such a thing. There's like a kindness language, right? That's right. That's perfectly <laughs> said. Yeah, okay, we got to write that down. Right. But absolutely, that um, everyone is, because we're wired differently, absolutely. we have, and, and um, our, one of our running phrases is needs, speeds, and creeds. So everybody has different needs. We know that. Everybody has different social and emotional needs. That's really obvious. But everybody also has a different pace that they feel comfortable moving through the world. For sure. And we definitely don't honor that. It's a fast-paced world, we get that. And some people thrive on that. Some people like to move a little bit more slowly. It doesn't mean that they don't have as much to offer, they're just offering it in a different way. And then the creeds piece is values, because values are the heart of everything we do. What do I value? Conflict happens when something I value is being dishonored or dismissed in a moment. So all of that, that values-based language came to be something that um, was sort of the genesis moment then for three kindnesses. Yeah, no, no, no. And so, where did the inspiration come from? Right? Was it mm-hmm. was it several moments of of you know experiencing something yourself? Was mm-hmm. it seeing it in others? Was it hearing the complaints? You know, where where did the inspiration come to say something has to be done about this? And this is the best approach I, for it. I, I love this question because I think about this every day. Where did this? Where where did all the dominoes start to fall? <laughs> yeah, this is so great. Um, a lot of it, as I mentioned, came from the idea of um, I, I've studied introversion and extroversion for a long time, um, and just um, and it's really just what you're saying is identifying as introverted or extroverted. Now, is it my understanding of it is where you draw your energy from, right? Like you said, one hundred percent correct, Got absolutely. It. And that's been um, I'm glad you said that because that's been a real misconception around introversion and extroversion for a long time, which is introverts are social and uh, extroverts are right, social and right. introverts are, are antisocial, and it has nothing to do with that. Right. It's all about the energy where you derive your energy, um, where your your neurotransmitters go when you need you know to recharge and things like that. Absolutely. So. But we began to think about the fact, and we've definitely um, gone down into the neurodiversity path pretty far now, um, thinking about people who have ADHD, people who are on the autism spectrum. These are absolutely, and um, 63 million people in the United States alone um, have um, uh, been um, identified as having ADHD. So, oh, no way. Yeah, and, and about that many um, on the autism spectrum as well. So we have enormous diversity uh, in our brains. Yeah. And to expect then that everyone walks into a workplace and you all just, everyone needs to fit in that specific organizational mold is it's kind of outrageous that we have that expectation. So, you know, and not to get too far into the ADHD thing, because obviously that's, 
there's a lot of there's a lot with that sure. right and and we're not talking about mental health necessarily but it's always a part of absolutely you know everything in workplace should be you know should be aware of that but growing up I, I always felt like I didn't fit I didn't belong right like nothing was made for me but then as you know the my own boss if you will realizing my own strengths and using that to my advantage is, is what I'm hearing too that you're almost providing a space for employers for leadership to recognize those strengths and create a, a an environment for that more than anything else that's conducive to someone really leaning into those strengths versus seeing them as deficiencies 100% absolutely that is that is our vision is to get leaders to understand that if you want everyone to thrive, you may have to create some kind of niche environments. You may have to allow for some people to work in a different way than others. Because as you just pointed out, you became your own boss because that was where you felt you could finally fit, right? right. And I feel that as well. I have a neurodivergent brain as well. I um, have always struggled to fit into a corporate mold. Um, even in times when I'm, I'm like, I'm doing great. I think I'm getting the work done. And I would still just struggle with, as you said, where do I fit exactly? Right. Um, right. And you start to think that it's you. <laughs> and the truth is, it's, it's you, you know, all of us are, are more than just, you know, pegs for the, for the corporate hold, right? You know, the, the square peg round hole is what mm -hmm. I always think of. Yep. But most of us are like, you know, dodecahedrons or parallelograms, yep, right? Yep. Um, we're not just simple um, pieces that go into these little these little molds that that uh, a lot of um, the workforce, you know, that expectation. Um, and so the idea that for anyone to fit, you have to shave off all of your quirky edges. Well, what a loss, right? right. What a loss to in, to um, creativity, to innovation. To society, just yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because uh, if you think about some of the, we we had the pleasure of seeing um, the the Van Gogh uh, immersive immersive Van Gogh mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. that's here in yep. Chicago, and I just was sitting there thinking about how he didn't fit. Anywhere, did Anywhere, he? Yeah. You know, and the and the poor man basically dies not knowing that he's created some of the best art that we will ever experience, right? And I, I, it just made me think of all the people who go through life thinking they have nothing to offer because we're living in an extrovert privilege kind of world. We're living in a world that's very fast paced. We're living in a world that has expectations for a very, very narrow. It's a loud world, right? Like it the louder is. you are, it's almost like you have to be loud to compete. That's absolutely. Even if you have no substance to what you're saying, just as long as you're loud, absolutely. people will pay attention. That's right. So the louder you are and the faster you move, the more supposed value you bring. And that is absolutely the heart of three kindnesses. We're giving people permission to just be who they are, to bring their authentic selves. We talk about this a lot too. It's it's authentic, authenticity with empathy. So it's not yeah. authenticity with ego because we know those kinds as well, right? Where I just, I'm a straight shooter and I tell it like it is. And those are people who are very um, strong personality stuff to get along with. But if you can bring um, authenticity with empathy, then you are bringing your authentic self and you're also aware that other people have their quirky edges too. Absolutely. And, and those quirky edges are the, the prisms that make the, the beautiful, you know, captures the beautiful light and brings the beauty to the world. So every time we're asking someone, you just need to fit this mold, or if you're an introvert, you need to be more extroverted because that's the expectation. Or if you have an ADHD wired brain, we don't, we don't have time <laughs> yeah. to, to, to yeah. listen to you processing that we're losing 100%. so much 100%. because we're trying to force people into those tiny molds. So that permission is really at the heart of what we are trying to bring um, to the world with three kindnesses. I love that. Now, at what point do, is it companies? Is it like 
you know, at what point are you hired, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is it when something is wrong and that they know they need <laughs> to fix it? Or is it that, you mm-hmm. know, it's at the beginning? Tell me about, you know, how, at what point in, in the company's, I guess, uh, yeah, at what point do you work with companies? Sure. Um, I, I mean, unfortunately, we don't get called until there's crisis, usually, oh, okay, um, gotcha, which, gotcha. which makes sense. Yeah, you know, yeah. you, you get a team together and people start working um, like so, when you say crisis, like conflict resolution, or is sure, it yeah. Conflict? There's usually conflict again is kind of at the heart of um, any time that um, a team is in crisis. That's going to be because someone doesn't feel safe. Yeah, that's going to be because someone isn't seen or feeling valued. So, mm. um, and again, you're losing morale, you're losing productivity, you're eventually, you know, um, experiencing high turnover because people are not going to stay where they don't feel safe or seen. So. Um, even just someone building a team, though, could uh, find a lot of value in what we do. So if you're building a team and you're thinking, actually, we have these projects and these things to do, that's a great place for us to start. Um, if you're already in crisis, we're happy to come in and help. But that's a good place to start as well because we're thinking, again... Avoiding crisis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> really? you can avoid conflict if you, again, see people, keep people safe, build that, you know, create that safety initially as you've built a team to go. And again, psychological safety is this big mouthful, but it's essentially the idea that um, everyone feels safe to again, bring their authentic self. I have these skills. I have um, this lived experience. How often have we been in a room full of people and they're like, well, if only someone had told us that X was going to happen, right? right, Then we would not have gone over budget and over time and all that. And someone in that room is always sitting there going, yeah, but nobody asked me, right? Because I could have brought you expertise, but I didn't feel safe to bring myself and and, um, you know whatever that experience might have been. Because people, um, when we're in teams like that, um, we still have our tribal brains, right? We know from from how many, um, many, many, many years ago you had to stay in the tribe to stay safe, right? If you yeah. if you if you uh, got kicked out, you were on your own and you were in trouble, right? And we still have that anthropologically wired in our brains to go. I have to not say anything and stay in the tribe and stay safe. Um, and so what happens is people go, I'm going to either lose connection, I'm going to lose face status, I may lose my job if I speak up. On the other hand, but you're operating from a fear-based perspective, absolutely. Right? And unfortunately, that's really common because so many times it's we don't want your expertise; just go get the job done. Yeah. And the other piece of that is that everyone's um, strengths and weaknesses are the same coin, right? Anything that you are very, very good at doing can, when overplayed, become a weakness, right? So, um, if you are really analytical and you are really good at data, but you get overwhelmed by that, you may not finish something, right? Because that then you're overplaying that that perfectionism piece in your brain. Just things like that, we become. Um, concerned then that, uh-oh, I'm going to overplay a strength, so I better not say anything, things sure, like that. Sure. So just that idea that we can go, you know what, I, I can just authentically be myself. I can say I'm sorry. I can say I don't know. I can say I need help. And that is something that is not common enough right now. But those are actually the teams that are the most high, high-performing teams, where we go, do you feel safe walking in here and going, I don't know the answer to this. Someone help me. That is one of the first things you ask to find out about levels of psychological safety on teams. Absolutely. Now, take me through if you know, I'm in that position, I'm building a team, mm-hmm. I'm hearing this, and, and I think, yeah, this sounds like something I need to do to to, to ensure success, right? Sure. And, and, well, more than anything, I want to work at a place that, that I like going to and people right. that I enjoy working with. So, right. you know, what does that look like, hiring you and kind of going through that process uh, of building my team alongside you to 
like I said, to ensure that. So we have uh, a, a team environment profile. So we have an assessment that allows us to ask some questions of each team member. Again, going back to needs, speeds, and creeds, right? So we have an assessment that, that um, gives us a range of where people fall in the introversion to extroversion spectrum, because again, that's you're not just one or the other, you fall on that spectrum somewhere. Um, the profile will also tell us things around social needs, um, around um, some any kind of, again, that neurodivergent piece. So we will run, run these assessments and give you a sort of a team environment profile. And then we have um, workshops that we do. We have a full day experiential learning piece. Um, and uh, the ultimate goal is to get leaders understanding that this person needs this more of a niche environment here, but they'll really thrive if you get them into this sweet spot. And this person uh, may not talk much in meetings, but that doesn't mean they're not engaged. That just means they're listening and processing internally and maybe ask them later. So we get people asking these questions um, to bring people to that thrive zone, right? Instead of being, if, if you don't feel safe, you're going to be either apathetic or you're going to be checked out, whatever. But if you can get to a place where you go, you know what? I see that everyone on this team um, has a different strength. I mean, we see this in movies all the time, don't we? Where you get you you build those 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 great teams and all all the movies, right? And because someone has this strength and you have this strength, and we're gonna go crack a safe because you're really good, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. But yeah, everybody's yeah. got a strength. But instead, you know, we find teams are very they become very homogenized. Mm. And again, you're losing all sorts of creativity. You're losing all sorts of productivity. So we we go in and make sure that people um, understand exactly where. Each team member falls on this list of about six different spectrum um, continuums and uh, make sure that leaders then are beginning to interact in a way that, that brings the best out of their people and avoids that interpersonal conflict that happens when people are like, well, I, I guess I'm not valued here, so I'm just going to sit here and check out. Yeah. Now, when you say homogenous, does that mean that it's really just reflecting what the leader is? I mean, does it just begin to look like that leader? It can, absolutely. And I think a lot of it is um, it reflects an organizational culture. So what does the organization organization have um, as their expectations of how what a good a good uh, uh, employee looks like, yeah. right? And we do that. We go, oh, the way I got to fit in here is just to kind of, again, just not not draw any attention to myself, keep my head down, do my work. Um, and that can um, definitely be as a result of a leader who just wants, you know, just get the work done. And again, we go back to that extrovert privilege we talked about. We go back to that. If I'm loud and I look like I'm doing getting a lot of work done, then I'm bringing value. And that is definitely not always true because Everybody works differently. Everybody's wired differently. And now we've seen the value busyness so much. Like, oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. As opposed yeah. to look what I've done and look what I've created, right? Regardless of how much time it's taken. That's right. To do. Absolutely. And we, we think, we, we mistake productivity we, you know, and busyness. We're like, oh, this person was here working 12 hours today. And I'm like, yeah, but I could have gotten all that done in about two hours. Yeah, yeah. You know, because again, but everyone's wired differently. So how do we show that? Every style has value, but we also give people the best environments for them to to be their best authentic selves and to bring the best to whatever it is they're doing. For sure, for sure. It sounds like you're giving, you know, these these leaders, um, these companies a blueprint that really is specific to their organization. It's not like you're saying this type of person is how, this is how you should engage with this type of person, but rather this is how you should engage with, you know, Bobby or Susie or whatever, sure. right? It, on your team. Absolutely. And, and again, that's that idea that, you can have, um, to get really down in the weeds, we also talk a, a lot about um, sensory processing sensitivity. So that's another piece of neurodiversity. So um, there, there is actually um, 
a test you can take online called the highly sensitive person, and it's all about sensory processing. So for example, you could have someone who is extremely extroverted. So they do seem to be fitting that mold a bit of, of being, you know, talking and, and gregarious and all of that. But on the other hand, they may have moments where their leader's going, I don't quite understand how to work with Susie. Mm-hmm. Because Susie seems sometimes to withdraw. Well, if you are, if you get overstimulated, your brain gets overstimulated, um, you are definitely going to check out and not be a, a, an efficient worker that day. Yep. So we, we do. We try to, it's not that we're customizing the content, but we're customizing it so that people understand how they're wired and then they can begin to share that. I'm wired this way. I need this kind of environment. I can I can be a really productive, um, great member of this team because I have all these skills and all this experience and these great credentials. But if you're not um, seeing me for the whole person I am. Again, this is that holistic approach where we're going. As as um, as we often joke when we are um, doing leadership development, we have to remind leaders that there are people inside their employees, right? Yeah. Um, that we're not just all again those those um, pegs to be to be put in into the the organizational round holes. No, of course. So take me through what it looks like in terms of the, the two questions, right? One the length of time that initially we're working together. So I hire you, you know, we're going through this, you do your, your analysis or your assessment and sure. now um, kind of give me this, like I said, like a blueprint in my, in my words. But <laughs> um, what does the relationship look like after, right? So on one end, how long does that initial process take? And then, you know, is it, are we done with it? Or is there kind of a follow-up, follow-through is it, you know, content that I can follow? Like, what does that look like? A lot of this depends on sort of the level of conflict that the team is in. Sure. Um, but in general, we would do our initial assessment. We would certainly talk to um, the leader, have a coaching session with the leader, and give them as much context around their team um, as we were able to gather through the assessment. And then we have sort of services we offer in the sense that we can walk you through um, a quick sort of kickstart. How do we jumpstart your three kindnesses journey? Do you want to learn about safety, empathy, and diversity at a high level? Um, Because we have those kinds of offerings. But then we also get really in-depth. We have a um, a half-day workshop, which um, is really interactive. And again, it's allowing people to sort of come forward and go, yeah, that's me, actually. And I would like to work in X environment. And can we, you know, so that's a more in-depth half-day workshop. Full day is just much longer, but it's more around experiential learning. Um, so that is sort of the initial contact then where we go in with the team and just get to know them and spend as much time as possible helping them create that team culture that they need to thrive. Um, and then, again, sort of working with that leader. Do we need to follow up with you? Do we keep this relationship going? Do we need a refresher course for you all? Yeah. Um, a, lot of t- a, lot, um, a lot of times what happens when um, teams start to feel safer is, ironically, they start to report mistakes and things more often so you see this initial sort of influx of actually since we're all safe to talk about this i have a few things <laughs> well, i would like i have a list exactly that someone pulls up the list yeah, yeah. rolls it down the table exactly yeah, yeah. so initially that um creates sort of more work in a sense where you go okay it's you, we're actually going to we're actually going to be safe to say these things well let's let's really get into this so you've got that um that moment where that um, safety goes up, but also reporting goes up. So then we go, oh my, what do we do here? So then again, that relationship would have to continue. And so that kind of evened out and people again felt safe. And every time you are um, 
you know, bringing a new team member on or any kind of change, you could you could still go back to to these foundational pieces of, okay, now that you're on this team, we need you to know that this is how we operate and setting expectations and um, clarifying those norms are are just a huge part of, of safety of that psychological safety going, here's what you can expect from us. Tell us what we can expect from you. And that's how people begin to honor that diversity of, of um, all the teammates as they come together, hopefully all bringing their strengths to the table. Yeah, absolutely. Now people listening, you know, who should be contacting you? What type of companies do you typically work with or leaders um, that, that should be contacting you? Anyone who wants more kindness in their workplace. <laughs> so no, I mean, really no limitation to size as far as too big, too small of a company or team? Um, I'd say contact us because we, we our goal is to bring kindness to teams. So we tend to, again, we're not going to probably do, um, we, we would never say we're going to take on a team that's too big so that that would in some way inhibit gotcha. uh, an, an individual's experience. But um, we are very open to customizing experiences for um, teams that, that need the help. And um, we can run multiple sessions if needed. But again, we're really talking about creating a, a culture and creating an environment. So what does your team need? And, you know, do you have do you have some of it and you just need a little push? We'll help with that, too. Or are you all just flat out in crisis and you're hemorrhaging people? God forbid, you know, we can actually go, oh, we'll probably help you shore this up a little bit and at least do some triage. And then we can move into the, the bigger pieces, too. So oh, I appreciate that. And if you're listening and you think this applies to you and think that your uh, your workplace could use a little more kindness or just want uh, a better place to work for yourself and your employees, I encourage you to reach out to Angela at, using the form below. You can contact her directly. But Angela, thank you so much for coming in, sharing your expertise, your wisdom, your story. Thank you so much, Tony. This has been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm.